Welcome to the Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, we are going to wrap up our series on Deuteronomy 28, which is based off of the idea of retributive theology or Deuteronomistic theology, which says, if you obey, then you will have blessings, and if you disobey, you bring about the curse. So I have my mom, Judy Holmes, back on the show. Welcome, Mom. Hi, Beth. And we're going to wrap up Chapter 28. We've, we've been on this one for a couple of weeks now, and this has been following the ideas of if you are obedient, you bring blessings in your life. And even though we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, when we disobey, we can invite or legally allow the curse to come back at us. And we've even talked about cracking that door open, which is like the slow decay of tolerance. And so we even have to be careful with things in our family tree or things in that we are tempted from to not even crack the door open. And so I'm just going to turn it back over to you. We're going to wrap this up today and see what, what you want to share with us. Okay. Moses... When just before going over the Jordan to bring the people into the promised land, before he got them over there, he wanted them to have the right thinking mode. He wanted them to once again deliver the State of the Union to his people so that they would know exactly. We leak. And so Moses wanted to tell them again, one more time, the way God, and see, God instructed Moses when he was up in the mountain with him to do all this. And he's also now telling us, if you be Christ, you are Abraham's seed and an heir according to the promises. Well, you might say, well, what are the promises? Well, there's actually 7,000 promises in the Word of God that we have advantage of. But the, the promises we're talking about is the Deuteronomy 28 promises of the blessing. And then we know if it's a curse, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. So we can hold that up if, it, if it's trying to come on you or if you've let the door open and you've got, uh, you're walking in a part that is the curse. There's no condemnation, but it is time to say, God, I see what your word says. I believe that I'm redeemed from this curse of love. Because your word says it's a curse. Let's just say to have a child taken in drugs. If you if you have a child and you're having to deal with that, the first thing I would do is I would shut the door. I would make sure I'm not taking anything that isn't prescribed by my doctor. Because that's an open door. I would make sure that I'm not, you know, doing anything to, quote, relax me. The glass of wine, the beer. Because all these things 
what we do in moderation, our children will do in excess, good and bad. So, I would take God's word here that says in Deuteronomy 28 that it is a curse to have your child taken captive. And that's what drugs are. They've taken your child captive. I would say, Lord, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I right now denounce any anyone in my line, including myself, that has opened that door for the enemy to come in. I denounce it. I shut that door. And I ask that you forgive us in Jesus' name. I would shut that door, number one. Number two, I would take this word and I would say, Okay, Lord, this is just like going before a judge and saying, Your Honor, right here I've got the warranty deed on that house. And it says it belongs to me. And then you have all of the law and what that entails backing you up. And when you go to God and you say, I am redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm Abraham's seed and an heir according to the promise. And I right now take my stand as your child and I say, my child will be free from drugs. In Jesus' name. It's nothing I do, Lord. It's what heaven does about it. And I believe at that very moment, things are put into process, just like if you were to go to court, there would be a process started that would make sure that you had X, Y, and Z of what you petitioned for. Well, I believe, does that mean you're going to go home and your child's going to say, Mom, I'm never going to do that again? No, but it means that God is at work immediately. He may start with cutting uh, him off from certain friends. You know, I, I don't even know. I'm, I'm just guessing. But I'm saying, I know that this word works. I know that I have seen people that were there. I wouldn't have given you a year for their marriage to work. But they got in there and they worked the word. And they're still standing. And some that I thought would last forever have fallen. You've got to work the word. I cannot express that enough. Well, and I would jump in and say okay. that, you know, Deuteronomy 28 in a lot of ways is a legal it is. document. Absolutely and heavenly. Right. And when we have issues that come up, we can take that legal document and appeal to the courts of heaven. <laughs> and we have an advocate with Jesus That's right. that will appeal to the judge who is the father. We have to sometimes get very legal yeah. with the word of God and say, okay, God, it says in your word here that I'm redeemed from this. I've been obedient. Right. I, I'm asking for your blessings and I've been redeemed from this curse of whatever you know the issue is. And you hire Jesus as your attorney yes. and you go plead your case in the courts of heaven. That's right. You know, let me take the people. It says that one of the things in the curse is they'll have astonishment of heart. You can't 
stand on God's promises and live in fear. That's right. Because it's all in the Word. God answers every question, and He tells us how to do it. It says in Proverbs, anxiety in the heart causes depression. What? What? The Bible just told me that if I have anxiety in my heart, I'm going to be depressed. And then depression brings on, oh, let me take this pill, make me feel better. Or also it brings on lots of other things that are in, are in that heart problems, stomach problems, Suicide, all of that is under the curse of the law. Jesus came to reverse the curse. But if you keep reading in that scripture, it gives us the remedy. A good word will make that heart glad. Right, so the answer is the, the word. word, the word of God. It says in Deuteronomy to start the whole thing off, think about Moses talking to his people. It shall come to pass, if you will hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord your God will put you above, high above all nations on the earth. Look at America right now. We are number one. Because I believe we are a godly country. I don't care what anybody says. We've sent more missionaries. We've given more. We've never gone and, like, I'm going to just take that country, you know. We've tried to do everything with integrity and the way God would want us to. Now, I know now we've been infiltrated heavily. But I believe America is high because... We are a God in God we trust country. But all these blessings, I want every blessing of God. All these blessings don't just come and jump on me because I'm so special. No. It's because hearkening diligently into the voice of the Lord your God to do all these commandments which he commands you today. Right now is a new day. It's The clock has been set back. God says he's given you a new day today. If you will hearken and hear my words, it will come to pass that you will be blessed. Your children will be blessed. Your cabinets are blessed. Your cars are blessed. Does every time you have a car break down, does that mean that you're under the curse? No. No. We live in a fallen world. And sometimes things like that just happen. But the scripture does say the curse causeless cannot come. Sometimes it isn't under the curse. It's just... This is what happens. I mean, you know, maybe you're in a cursed area because there's so much corruption going on there. I'm going to do one that's really more scriptural. He was Abraham and his nephew Lot were arguing over 
not enough land for both of their cattle. And so, was Abraham, he was the big shot. He could have taken the best land, but he didn't. He told his nephew Lot, you choose. You take the best, and I'll go the other way. Where did Mr. Lot choose? He, cho he chose the beautiful, prosperous Sodom. And, of course, we all know what happened there. Why did that happen? And, you know, it says that Lot was vexed every day he lived there. That means he looked around and he's going, oh, my gosh. I can't believe these people are doing that and this and that. But he didn't leave. I wonder why. Could it be that wife he married? Because we know she was very taken with it. And so we have to make sure the things we're taken with and the places we're taken with, we've got to make sure that's where God wants us. Because sometimes there can be an area that has a curse on them. Oh, come on. You can't mean that there's an area that has a curse on them. <laughs> I can name a few. <laughs> I can name a few also. I have been in places, mainly coastal areas, but I went in one place. Now, we went with a family to the World's Fair. But, oh, my gosh, the minute we came into... Uh, New, Orleans. New Orleans, I could absolutely feel the presence of evil. I could literally want to pull my kids in real close to me and go, y'all don't get one inch away from me because I don't feel good here. It was not a pleasant vacation at all. And so we see that God tells us that if he, if you will just listen to the words that he tells us, that means read your Bible, take it in, and then do it. Well, I'll add in here too, this is a, a little catchphrase that you may hear in church and not exactly know what it means. And it is loosely based on scripture, but the idea of drawing a bloodline. And what that means Amen. is, your boundary lines of your dwelling place, you know, you are sovereign. We talked a few weeks ago about your own personal sovereignty, that you are sovereign over your property. And then if you have submitted yourself to God, then he has supersedes that and is sovereign over your territory. But you can, in prayer, so to speak, draw that bloodline around your property, around your boundaries of places where you have authority and God, I believe, can protect you. And I've seen that happen. You know, you have a, a, a gift of faith for praying tornadoes away right. and storms away. And so I believe that in prayer, you can absolutely draw a quote-unquote bloodline around your property, around your children, maybe your business, things that you have authority over for sure. Amen. And that's a symbolic phrase, basically. Okay, I'm, I'm going to kind of skip through some. He says, He will bless you in your storehouse and in all that you set your hand to. You want to be prosperous at work. You want to have your storehouse, which is your bank, your cabinets, your billfold, your purse, your ATM, whatever it is. God says, I choose to bless that if you're walking in my statutes. And so 
even then, Satan will come in to kill, steal, and destroy. But he can't do it without our help. We are the ones that have to give him, just like Adam, he doesn't have any new bag of tricks. He spoke to Adam, and let's just say he speaks to people, especially Christians, every day. What do you think about that? Well, you know, if you did this, they wouldn't do that. You ought to leave him. You ought to do that. You ought to go to another church. Well, I, you know, all these things that the enemy tries to bombard us with and speak to us to get us off of the blessing. I'm going to jump in right here and say that if you're having rogue thoughts that are contrary to God's word, that is not you. That is not from the Lord. That is the enemy. Let me jump in and say this. I believe there are three areas that the enemy comes against families the most. Number one is your marriage. The enemy is going to constantly bring up every bad thing about your spouse he can. It's up to you to take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Number two, against your children. To make you not be the compassionate, sweet, loving parent that disciplines with love that, that, that God wants you to be. Then the third thing is, hold on, wait for it, church. It's church. The devil goes to church more than we do. <laughs> yeah. He really does. And there, there is a right way to leave a church and a satanic way to leave a church. The right way to leave a church is, number one, the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart and told you, I want you to go here. Now, a lot of times if you don't listen... You will get uncomfortable where you're at because God is working that out. I've had that. But we never talk about the pastor. We don't run and try to pull people with us. Right. That is, this satanic. Right, and we've seen that before where, um, and this this may be a future podcast where, uh, people get disgruntled for whatever reason. You know, maybe they didn't get to sing solo or do this or that, and they get angry, and uh, they leave mad and decide they're going to take a crowd with them. Yeah. That's not of God. That's not right. There is a biblical way to uh, to handle, uh, you know, when you're disgruntled or when things don't, you don't think things are right, but uh, that's a whole other conversation. We don't want to go down that road, but that would invite the curse on you. It would invite, oh, definitely. You can't do these things that are a curse and com be in compliance with it, with the enemy, 
and then say, I'm blessed. No, you're not. Right. And this is how people deceive themselves, and it's really yes. sad. And the reason they deceive themselves is because they don't really know the Word of God. If, if you know, if we just, we're laying down, and Deuteronomy 28 really is so foundational uh. to your mindset and your thinking. And it really, it really it's a is. Game changer. It's a game changer. This is a prophetic key in your life to direct and guide you in your future. It is huge. It is so important. If you're obedient, then you invite the blessings of God. If you are disobedient and rebellious and stiff-necked and hard-hearted against the Word of God because you don't really like what it's telling you, you know, maybe it's. Let's take the topic of tithing. You know, maybe you don't want to tithe, and well, you know, I a TV preacher just want money, and church I always ask him for money, and you know, I'm I'm give to charity. Well, the Lord gives us a simple, uh, you know, command to tithe, and so if you want blessings, especially in the area of your finances, that's an area of obedience. Another one can be to honor your father and mother. Maybe you had terrible parents. Maybe they did terrible things. If you go around dishonoring them, trashing them, talking on them, you know, telling everybody, woe is me, you're not going to be blessed. That's right. I mean, there's a hundred examples. I'm just picking, cherry picking two here. Well, Beth, one of the things I've always said, and I didn't pick this up, I think Kenneth Hagin or Kenneth Copeland did. There are two uh, things that always run together in the Bible, and that's faith. And patience. Right. You won't ever get your blessing, what you're believing God for, without patience. Right. And if you're willing to wait forever, you won't usually have to wait for long because that faith will kick in and then patience and the enemy just cannot do anything against it. Well, the other thing that, that are twins that I have found is blessing and obedience. That's right. You don't get the blessing if you're not obedient. Jesus got us all because of obedience. Through one man's sin, death reigned. How much more through one man's obedience, life? Jesus was obedient even to the cross. Now, Mama had nobody to put your little darling up on a cross. So get off your high horse. Quit <laughs> getting mad at the people at church because they can't deal with little darling, and they have to come to you finally for help. Don't get mad. Do like I did. I got so mad one time I was going to quit that church. I'm leaving. Come on, baby, let's go. And God said, hold on a minute. No one put your child on a cross. I marched myself right back. I apologized to the young lady that I had gotten so upset with because my kid was around her. He was hard to handle sometimes. But I'm so glad I was obedient. That young lady was killed, murdered right after that. I could go and look at her mom and dad in the face. They knew all about it. They knew we had had an argument. And I am so glad that I could go to her mother and hug her. And it be genuine. And her know it. Because I went to her, before I went to her daughter, I went to her and I said, please forgive me. I was rude and I was upset with your daughter. 
and we all three got together and we talked it out and hugged it out because of God, because of His Word. See, the Word, it it says it's like a bit, a bit in your mouth or chains around your neck in Proverbs, uh, the first chapter. It says wisdom is like chains around your neck and a crown on your head. I'm telling you, I love that chain being around my neck, and I know my Heavenly Father jerks it. Right, right. Yeah, here in the South, we have a lot of sayings, and one of them is, you know, somebody needs to put a leash on that dog. Well, the Lord sometimes puts puts a leash on us so we don't act up. I want my leash on me. And so we want to keep in a blessable place. I know someone who... They were treated so horribly in their business. And the person more or less said, well, I'm not giving you everything I promised you, but you can stay on until we find somebody else. And that person just gave it all they had. And I said, you know, I'm very proud of you for doing that. And they said, God wouldn't let me do anything else. And that's the way we should be. Get in a blessable place, and I promise you, I've got the scripture to back me up. I promise you, if you will do what God's word tells you, God is duty bound to back up His word. Right, it's a legal it's binding legal. document. It's legal. He's not a man that he can lie. God right. is not. Well, and I want to circle back to the faith and patience going together. Mm-hmm. You know, really, that's our Hebrews 4 moment. Yes. You know, Hebrews 4 really ties in with Deuteronomy 28 because you can't get in worry. You can't be trying to work it up. You can't try to fix this and fix that and make it happen and run yourself ragged. You know, you have to stand on the promises of God, stand on His Word, stay in obedience, and then stay in a place of rest in faith, knowing God has already made a way. Amen. That's right. God has made a way for all of us. It's whosoever will, and it's do this and I'll do that. Right. Just like the children of Israel, Beth alluded to uh, Hebrews 4, it said that, their dead carcasses were strewn in the desert because they refused, refused to walk in the peace of God and to rest. Rest in God. <laughs> That's right. See, it's not anything you can do. If you can do it, you don't need God. Right. All you have to do is stand on the Word of God. Amen. That's it. We need God. I'm telling you, I am like a little child. I need God. I don't have that wisdom that he has. I don't have the finances he has. I don't have the strength he has. But he has it. And if I will just rest, knowing that he is able, I want to be a Joshua and Caleb. I want to go into the promises. Well, I want you to go in too, but you don't get it your way. You get it God's way. And he tells us that we have to obey his word and believe him, trust him. We have to rest from our own works. Right. So doing it God's way often is the slower way. (laughs) It's often going to take longer or maybe feel harder 
or whatever. You're not going to. No have, one understands it, right? And not not everyone will understand your thinking and decisions. But if you will partner with the Word of God, if you will hear from the Holy Spirit for yourself, and we have covered how you do that in here already, uh, and we do that through right. prayer, getting in the Word, and then asking God, Lord. Help me understand what I'm reading in your word, and he will actually do it. Ah, you're kidding. <laughs> New concept. And, you know, the yeah. word is near thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. I would start quoting that. If whoever is listening, I would start quoting that because, you know, I want the word of God in my heart and in my mouth. I want it to be able to come out my mouth. One woman, I was ministering, and a woman said, you know what? You need to get insurance on your mouth <laughs> because everything you say is the word of God. And I, I thought about that and I said, that's just that scripture coming to pass where I would say it all the time. The word of God is near me, even in my heart and in my mouth. The word of God is in my mouth. And then start reading God's word. Start memorizing God's word. Well, and then I'm going to throw in there too to speak it out loud. Yeah. To speak it out loud because your spirit man uh, needs to take charge of your soul and your flesh. And you need to start telling yourself out loud the word of God, what, whatever your situation is. Maybe it's he who began a work in me is faithful to complete it. God told Amen. me he was going to do this. He's faithful. It may take me months. It may take me losing this friendship or whatever. But God told me to do this and he's faithful to complete it. I'm going to stay the course. You um, you know, I say it like this. You have to set your face like flint. I call it getting flint-faced. You have to just be so zeroed in on the target that God gave you, unwavering. Amen. And you know, the enemy's going to make sure you have people around you. They're going to say, well, you just don't care. Yeah. Because it does look right. like you don't care when yeah. you're in real peace. Because you don't care. Take all my cares. He takes all my cares because he cares for me. And so what happens is we do seem to the world like we're dumb and we don't care. But really what we're doing is we're totally trusting in the Lord. And I'm telling you, I have seen God. Oh, my goodness. I've seen him do so many miracles. Miracle after miracle after miracle. Every day I live in Miracleville because every day there's something I'm having to trust the Lord about. The devil doesn't let me have a break. I don't know about you, Beth. Do you ever get a break? <laughs> no. no. Whether it's your kids or your husband or your friends. Jobs. Or job. Yeah. Health. Or well, health whatever. Church. Church. There's always, there's always something. a myriad of things that you have to take your faith and work it. If faith is not practical and workable, then it's not usable faith. You don't even need it. Just Put it on the shelf, make it look pretty, and let it be that. What is those big old Bibles that would be the family thing? <laughs> they were just a decor. They're just decor. You know, I think everybody's had one. And that that's the kind of Bible you're reading from. I want a Bible. I want to be an epistle that God writes on my heart, written and then read of all men because it's in my heart. And so, just now, 
I'm going to give you a, a within an hour happening. Beth and I went to get a taco, and <laughs> I said, you know, here's my thing. I'm going to go next door. I went to get some cookies. And um, I went next door, and the young lady, it was like the Lord just taps me on the shoulder. And here's, by the way, our prophetic moment. So the Lord uh, prompted you in prompted some kind me. of way. Uh-huh. And uh, the, the little girl taking uh, my money and getting me the cookies, she just had a, a look about her that told me, oh, she's under such a heavy burden. And so I just started giving her, I said, can I give you a word from the Lord? All word is profitable for <laughs> reproof, for inspiration. And when in doubt, give a scripture. Yes, when in doubt. And you can be prophetic every day, all the time. <laughs> give somebody a script. That's easy. That's the easiest way. The easiest way. And so I gave her Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. It's a good one. Very good. I said, for I know the plans I have for you are for good and not for evil, to give you a hope and a future. And I said, the Lord wants you to know that he loves you. He cares about you. He's directing your path. And I said, and he was there with you in your moments of terror. Wow. So you felt like the Lord just sort of uh, gave you that on the spot. On the spot. And I said, and I'm not talking about fearful. I'm talking about terror. You have lived in terror. And she said, yes. Wow. And started crying. And uh, and hugged me and said, you have no idea how much this means for me. Wow. I just didn't know if I could make it. And I said, you're going to make it, and you're going to be fine. And you were speaking life into her, which is so prophetic. Yes, and I said, I asked her if she were to die, does she 100% know where she would go? And she said, oh, I really do. Oh, good. And, I and said, that's why we call you Judy the Baptist. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to say this to the people out here that are listening to this podcast. I went to church. I went on witnessing campaigns. I thought I was saved. I had my ticket punched. Because at 12 years old, I walked down an aisle, and the pastor shook my hand. If he had said, do you take credit cards to be your savior, I was so uh, taken back, you know, that this is something you do formally at 12. I would have said, yes, sir. You know, I went, I got baptized. I went down a center, came up a center. I was not born again. Had no idea. I thought Jesus died for all those awful sinful people. And I wasn't that way. I was good. Guess what? I found out that there is none good. No, not one. None of us are good enough. And that Jesus died for me. I went into a Bible study. And I I was born. I got um, the lady that led me to the Lord was Presbyterian. And I was a Baptist. Now, how did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, I went in one way. I got the good news of Jesus Christ directly to my heart. It wasn't for God so loved the world. 
and you put a big old paintbrush on it. No, it, she pinpointed my heart. And, and it was like Jesus saying, I died for your sins. And so I prayed the sinner's prayer, and I came out of that Bible study, a new creature in Christ Jesus. No one had to tell me, don't do this, this, and this. The Holy Spirit was working on me. I got in my car, and it had rock music on, blaring on it, and I flipped it up, and I went, oh, no. I don't want anything to interrupt with this in my heart. It's too wonderful. It was, it was as if I walked into heaven. And I haven't been out of that heaven yet. And I won't be until I go up. And so I just want to tell you that if you are religiously saved, that's a, that's, there's a big difference in being religiously saved and being born again where Jesus actually comes into your heart and he's the one that does and shows you everything. After that, the Bible became real, alive to me. After that, I heard God's voice and I could feel his presence. It's wonderful. And I want every, I don't want anybody to be deceived. The devil's a deceiver. And he, the best way that he can deceive you is to tell you you've already got it. And so if you don't hear the voice of God, if the Word of God is hard to understand for you, please pray and ask Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. And to acknowledge the fact that he came in the flesh and he died on the cross and he arose from the dead. And when you do that, it says that the angels rejoice and have a party in heaven over a child that's come home. Well, there's no better way to invite the blessings of God than going out and being a minister for the Lord. And so that's a high form of obedience. You were able to do some prophetic evangelism and speak life into someone prophetically in the Great American Cookie Company. Amen. <laughs> what better note to leave yes. us on? I got two good cookies. <laughs> now I paid for them. But I got, and boy, did I pay for them. Wow. <laughs> yes, every day we have to be listening to the Holy Spirit right. and be watching and waiting. And He'll tell you. When there's somebody around you, you can, I mean, knows. <laughs> I don't just run up to everybody. I'm not doing it for show. I'm not doing it to show how big and spiritual I am. I do it when the Holy Spirit. Right. And it's really Spirit. become a way of life. I mean, just ministering to people. And I have a different style than you do. Yes. And, uh, but, but just speaking life, giving people scripture, just, you know, uh, planting a seed. That's, that's, that's so much fun. Right. Sometimes it is just a little seed. That's right. And so that's one of the ways we bring the blessings of Deuteronomy 28. And so shut the door on the curse and bring on the blessings, especially when we walk in obedience. It's that simple. Have a blessed week. Thank you, Mom. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. 
please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.